0: Amen. Man, I am so glad you guys are here today. I'm going to put this right here. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Oh, man. We're still in this series of faith, and I know how to work a wheelbarrow. We used a lot of them at the post office. We're still in this series of faith that works when when life don't. Oh, we're talking about Principles of living through a pandemic and in the middle of a pandemic. We're in like part 10, and I forget how many parts we got going now. I'm just guessing. But uh, we're in the book of James. If you guys have been reading it this week, Uh, today our culture, we have a lot of fake products, don't we? Almost anything can be faked to get, get cheaper. I wrote down we, have, we can have fake nails, we can have fake hair, fake teeth, fake body parts, fake lashes, tacos with fake meat, <laughs> fake sugar, fake designer clothes. We can do all this while talking about fake news to our fake friends on social media. With fake identities. <laughs> fake works just fine in some areas. But there's one area where you and I are going to have to have the the real thing. We have to have real faith. Not fake faith. Or it just doesn't work. And love, is love. love is love. And I've told you there's over 7,000 promises in the Bible. That is for us to stay strong and and healthy during this this crisis, this pandemic. But to access these promises, we have to have a real, legitimate faith. You see, a, a fake faith has no power to change your life, a fake faith has no power to save you, a fake faith has no power to answer your prayers. A fake faith has no power to transform you. A fake faith doesn't work when life don't. The second half of James chapter 2 helps us know the, the difference between real faith and fake faith. I promise you this is going to be real, real helpful today. Some of you guys may be wondering why your prayers haven't been answered. You may have been using fake faith. Let me read James chapter 2, and I'm going to start at verse 14. if you got your Bibles with you, I'm going to read down to about 20 right now. Uh, it's on page 1583 <laughs> What good is it, my brothers? If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, then what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and i will show you my faith by my works you believe that god is one you do well even the demons believe and shudder do you want to be shown you foolish person that faith apart from works is useless is useless and i know some folks in here thinks that that james is contradicting paul that's a huge misunderstanding James and Paul actually complement one another. See, the emphasis of Paul is how to know I'm saved. The emphasis of James is to show I'm saved. Big difference. Paul is focused on the root of our salvation, and James is focusing on the fruit of our salvation. As my papa used to say, it's two sides of the same coin. Two sides of the same coin. You see, when Paul talks about about works, he's talking about Jewish law. In in order to become a believer, they won't save you. James is talking about living like Jesus because you're already a believer. Does that make any sense? You're already a believer. So what is real faith? James first tells us a a few things that, that real faith is not. Then he gives us a couple of examples of what what real faith really is. And as we go through this today, I want you to do some self-evaluation and and look inside. Look look at some things that that you may need to to change and I may need to change. Or maybe do you have them in your life already? In your outline at the top, James 2.14 says, Dear brothers and sisters, what's the use of saying you have faith if you don't prove it by your actions. That kind of faith can't save anyone. Think about the word saying. Look at number one. What faith is not. Number one is this, filling in your blanks. Real faith is more than just words I say. Real faith is more than just words I say. It's more than just a memorized prayer. Claiming that that I have real faith doesn't prove that I have real faith. You see, we can know all the lingo and we can know all the phrases. You ever met anyone that knows all the lingo? They know all the phrases, but their life is 180 degrees opposite. Their lifestyle is completely different than the lingo they talk. Lifestyle doesn't match their words. Most people in the USA claim to be a Christian, but don't act like it. That's most. Living your, your life just any old way that you want to live is not faith. We tend to label celebrities and, and, and sports stars as Christians. If, if they're kind of b- vague, you know, and, and, and they get up and they say, I just want to thank the man upstairs. I just want to say, who is that? Who is that? Who are you talking about? Just because you say you have faith doesn't mean you got it. Real faith is more than than words. Matthew 7, 21, Jesus said this, Not everyone who says that I am their Lord is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. The only people who will enter heaven are those who do what my Father in heaven wants them to do. You ever had somebody driving a car flip you off? And then you they get by you and they have a fish on their bumper sticker. Or a bumper sticker that says, Meet me at North Point Church on Sunday. I'll chase you down. (laughs) What value is fake faith? None. There's no value. Talk is cheap. Number two, real faith is more than an emotion I feel. Real faith is more than an emotion that I feel. It's not just as a friend of mine used to say, a quiver in your liver. It's not just goosebumps. It's, real faith doesn't just inspire, and it's not just emotional. Not real faith. James two, fifteen to seventeen says, Suppose you see a brother or sister who needs food or clothing, and you say to them, I wish you well. I feel for you, and I hope you stay warm and eat well, but then you do nothing to meet their needs. What good does your sympathy do? It's worth nothing. In the same way, faith is if it if it is not accompanied by action, doesn't work it's dead and useless dead and useless you've heard that you've heard the things oh I'll pray for you and walk off don't worry be happy sometimes guys they don't need your prayers they need food they need us as my wife says put feet to our prayers you see, it's not actually, it's not faith until you actually do something about it. Make any sense? If I shut my finger in the door, I don't need your assistance. I mean, your, your, your sympathy. I need your assistance to get my finger out of the door. I don't want you to just pray for me. I want you to open the door. You see, real faith is practical. Real faith gets involved with people's needs. Amen? Number three. Real faith is more than an idea I debate. Real faith is more than an idea I debate. You see, for some people, faith is an intellectual game. For some people, faith is a a mental challenge. It's a theology to be studied, a doctrine to be debated, a dogma to be defended, an idea to be discussed. It's a truth to be talked about. For them, faith is not something you do. Faith is just a conversation. They love to talk, 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 talk. Y'all you know what I'm talking about? They'll be happy to debate you. They're all about conversation and not conduct. They would rather discuss the Bible than do it. They'd rather debate than practice it. James 2.18 says, Now someone may argue, Isn't it possible that some people have good faith while other people do good deeds? But I say No. Y'all get that? You might say, well, somebody else does the deeds. James said, no. But I say, no, I can't see your real faith if you don't do any real deeds to show me. In contrast, I can show you my faith by the good things that I do. I know he sounds like he's patting himself on the back a little bit. But he's just saying, I can show you my faith. But some folks would rather just just fight over it. Some folks would rather just debate over it. I want to tell you something, guys. When you do that, somebody loses. Some folks would rather debate God than obey God. Discuss it all night, but don't ask me to make any commitment. That's fake faith. Circle that phrase, show me. Show me. You see, real faith is visible. Faith's kind of like love. It's odorless. It's colorless. So how do you know somebody has real faith? Look at their lifestyle. You look at their lifestyle. Real faith has results. Real faith is expressed in visible ways. Show me. Show me, then I'll know it. That's real faith. Not emotional, not words, not an idea that I debate. James is saying, if you claim to be a Christian, then I have a right to ask you to prove it. Amen? Prove it by your actions. But here's the truth. Whether you're one of these or what. Somebody as big as God cannot come into your life without changing you visibly. Can I say that again? Somebody as big as God cannot come into your life and not change you visibly. Well, I love what Paul says. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has passed away; the new has come. Everything has become new. Now that don't happen overnight, but it does become new over time. Over time, here's I have a question for you. If you want to write this down, if you were arrested, you know we're not. We we might get harassed here in the United States for being a Christian but we haven't been arrested. But just, to, just just, for thinking, if you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? If you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to... You see, real faith always produces a changed life. Real faith always produces a changed life. Number four. Real faith is more than just a truth, I believe. This was our our memory verse. Anybody have our memory verse, James 2, 19 to 20? I didn't get it either. But y'all just pretend I'm saying it. Now you say, well, I believe there is a God, and I say, good for you. But even the demons believe that and are afraid. It is foolish. To not realize that faith in God is useless if you don't do what He wants you to do. I like Paul, I mean James, because he's a little sarcastic. This guy thinks that he's going to make brownie points by boasting. And James says, big deal. The demons believe in God. The demons believe in God. I'm gonna tell you something, guys. This may be a radical statement to some of you, but the devil is not an atheist. Did y'all know that? The devil is not an atheist, but he won't be in heaven. You see, it's one thing to have head knowledge, but another to believe in God. Let me let me. I didn't say that right. It's one thing to have head knowledge and believe. There is a God or in God. It's another thing to obey God. It's another thing to love God, to trust God, and to serve God. Saying I believe in God doesn't make you part of the family. Saying I believe in God doesn't make you get into heaven because it says, even the demons know that. Even the demons know that. So, what is real faith? Number five this is it. Faith is something I do. Faith is something I do. Faith is active. It is not passive. Faith is a, this is a dirty word to a lot of folks in this this up and coming world. Faith is a commitment. Faith is a commitment. Faith is a choice. Faith is an action. Faith is something I do. James 2.26. Just as a body without a spirit doesn't breathe and is dead. So faith that doesn't do anything is just as dead. Have you noticed one word that James does a lot? He uses it over and over and over and over. Write this down. It won't take you long. This is the one word he uses so much. Do. 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 Faith shows up in our lifestyle. If there is no change in my life, then I don't have real faith. If I don't have real faith, then I have fake faith. 1 Corinthians 6, 13 and 14 says, Stand firm in your faith. Stay brave, be strong, and do everything in love. Stand firm in your faith during this pandemic. Now, I have a question, guys. This is another question for you to think about this week. Second one. What was the first one? If you're arrested as a Christian. Here's the second one. What are you doing these days to stand firm in your faith? What are you doing these days to stand for Jesus? What are you doing these days to stand for Jesus? I guess the better question is, are you doing anything? Are you doing anything? James gives us two great examples of living by faith. Real people, their names were Abraham and Rahab. They were two completely different people. By the way, I want to tell you something. Neither one of them were Jews. They weren't, either one of them, Jews. Not at this time. They weren't a part of God's chosen people. You know why? They weren't any Jews yet. Not until Abraham had faith. Abraham was born in modern-day Iraq. Not Israel. Both had faith. Abraham a man, Rahab a woman. Abraham was a rich businessman. Rahab was a poor prostitute, a hooker. They were many years apart. Abraham's story is in in the book of Genesis. God comes to Abraham. Let me tell you something. Abraham wasn't a God-fearing man at this time. He was an idol worshiper. And God told him to leave his country and to follow him to a new location. He said, trust me, and I will make you father of a new nation. Father of a new nation. If you'll just demonstrate real faith in me, Abraham. Demonstrate real faith. Abraham did. Abraham became the father of a new nation, the Jewish nation. Abraham followed God without, without knowing where he was going. I love that. He didn't have to have a destination. He didn't have to have a from a point A to point B. He followed God without knowing where he was going. That's faith. He acted on his faith. He held nothing back from God. He trusted God. His whole life after meeting God was was trusting him, uh, stepping out on faith and and taking risks. James 2.22 says, Isn't it obvious that faith and works are yoked partners? That faith expresses itself in works? That the works are works of faith? Look at 23. God accepted Abraham's faith, and that faith made him right with God. So Abraham was called the friend of God. I can't think of a better thing to be called than a friend of God. You see, at the end of my life, that's, that's what I hope that, that my, my wife and my kids can say, Jim was a friend of God. As your pastor, I want him to say that about you. I want him to say that. I want him to say, oh, Joy was a friend of God. He was from Alabama, but he was a friend of God. He was the only one. They made him leave that place and go to a better land. (laughs) Rahab. I can't wait to meet Rahab. Her story's in Joshua chapter 2. It's a spy story, man. I mean, I mean Moses had led the children out of out of Egypt and they're getting ready to go into the promised land. Jericho, they had to get through Jericho and it's this highly fortified city. And there was fear going on and, and, and they were halfway afraid of the Jews and the Jews were halfway afraid of them. They were going to fight them and there was this one woman named Rahab, a prostitute. And she risked her life to save the spies that Joshua had sent into Jericho. And because she risked her life in order to save God's people, get this, God put her in the genealogy of Jesus, one of four women. She wasn't even Jewish. She was a prostitute. But see, I want to tell you guys, this is something for you. Just like her, her faith was more important than her background. Let me tell you, I don't know, who needs to to hear that this morning? Your faith is more important than your background. More important. More important. She, She became one in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the Messiah. You see, I don't care what your background is, God can use your life for good if you'll be like Rahab. And, and and stay in your faith. I can't wait to meet Rahab. Rahab risked her life to save others. She was sharing her faith in action. Or showing her faith in action. You see, our faith is demonstrated by what we do. By what we do. There was a, a tightrope walker named George Blonda. I think I'm saying that right. And it was a long time ago. He, he was going to cross Niagara Falls on a tightrope from the U.S. side to the, to the Canadian side. There was thousands of people on, on each side. And he gets on this tightrope. He makes it all the way across to, we'll say, the the U.S. side. And the crowd went, wow, just clapping because he made it. He said, hold on a second. It's a true story, by the way. Not that all my others were fake, but I just wanted you guys to know. (laughs) He said, hold on a second. I'm going to go back. He got on it, went back to the Canadian side crowd went wild <gasps> went crazy they're going crazy he said hold on a second I'm going back across but this time it's true story this time he done it, he got a wheelbarrow I'm also advertising for my father-in-law <laughs> ain't no shame in my game amen But Blonda, (laughs) I hope you're watching, Fred. (laughs) Blonda takes the the, the wheelbarrow. He makes it all the way back to the other side. crowd went, wow. They went, wow. Just, wow. Then it kind of got settled down. One guy comes up to you and says, Mr. Blonde, I believe you could do that a hundred more times. I believe in you, Mr. Blonde. I don't believe you could ever fail. I believe in you. I believe in you completely. George Blonda said, you believe in me completely? He said, yeah. He said, well, get in the wheelbarrow. ask you if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior get in the wheelbarrow completely trust Him risk it all will you get in the wheelbarrow or will you sit on the sidelines and just give it lip service or will you just feel it Or will you just debate it? Will you get in the wheelbarrow? You see, our behavior shows what we really believe. As the musicians come, Ephesians 2, 8 and 10, it is by grace you have been saved through faith for a life of good works which God has already prepared us to do will you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and jump in the wheelbarrow will you quit sitting on the sideline if you already know Jesus as your Lord and Savior what's your lifestyle look like are you doing anything Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I thank you that he saved me and that you've placed me aside for good works, that you've set everyone aside for good works. Maybe they're just not doing it yet. I pray that that would stop today. Let our lifestyles show what we believe. We love you, and it's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen.